deep focus. Deep, deep focus. Oh, yeah. WKCR FM New York, WKCR HD1, WKCR.org, any way you slice it. This is Jazz Alternatives. And what that means tonight, my name is Mitch Goldman. We do a show here called Deep Focus. And uh, we bring a guest into the studio. And uh, that guest chooses an artist on whom to focus. And, um, and that is what we do for three hours. I have the great, great, great good pleasure of welcoming back to the studio William Hooker. Hi, Mitch. Hello, William. <laughs> so happy to see you back in the hot seat. Yeah, um, that's great. We've done a bunch of these. Yes, and this is very, very important, and it touches my heart. Where are we going? We're going uh, to explore um, the musicality of Sonny Murray, one of uh, the people that influenced me deeply in terms of uh, my interpretation of what the drums are about as an organism, not just something that is used to create rhythm and create patterns but he was probably the he was I won't say probably he was the first person to actually exhibit the livingness in in the breath more of the breath of the drum set to me and I must say it uh, it had a deep effect on uh, on me and my playing I you know each time we do one of these I hear the artist we're talking about in your playing. You know, we talked about the first one of these we did, we talked about Rashid Ali, and we talked wow. each one we've done, and I, I hear it through, I hear with your ears, I think, a little bit. Okay. That artist, and I don't think that's ever been more true than about the show we're doing tonight. I'm I think really so looking too. forward to it. I really do. Should we. Uh, Start with some music and then... Yeah. yeah. Uh, you gave me a very, very interesting uh, tape. Um, you can tell the people uh, about the tape itself, uh, and let's just go into it and, and see uh, see what it has to say. It's it's such an incredibly rare document. Um, <laughs> so the, the challenge to me is always, you know, you choose, the guest chooses who we're going to talk about, and then I have to go through the KCR archives and see what I can find that represents that artist. And this one's just a home run. I mean, and you're going to feel like you're a fly on the wall at this now mythical place of wonder, uh, both physically and musically. So this is a recording at Studio Rivby, which right. is uh, one of the birthplaces of this style of music. It was a, a loft run by Sam Rivers on mm-hmm. Bond Street, building yes. still down there. And um, most of what happened in that place on any given night just was there for the people in the room, and it was gone. It was great music. But this one particular night of June 29th, 1975, thankfully somebody did a very creditable job recording it, and we have it for you tonight. So this is Sonny Murray's Untouchable Factor, which was... Um, often the name of whatever ensemble it might have been that he was playing with on that particular night. But here we got a... I think these guys are just so in the groove together. 
Um, it's Bayard Lancaster on bass clarinet and other reed instruments, David Murray on tenor saxophone, Kazutoki Umezu on alto saxophone, Juma Sultan on bass, Manette Sudler on guitar, and Sonny Murray playing the drums. And this, uh, all of, uh, and if you're a listener who knows these names and you're conjuring with them, and just considering the association of all the things these people have done separately and together, yeah. it's kind of an astonishing meeting of the minds. But, I mean, there is just one mind in this performance. So let's dive in. This is a thrill. Thank William you. Hooker's here. It's Deep Focus. I'm Mitch Goldman. It's WKCR. And this is music from the fantastic Sonny Murray on drums, leading the ensemble. Thank <laughs> you. 
to break the flow fellas i really do but um i gotta i gotta find out william okay let me back out in case you just joined us um show's called deep focus i'm mitch goldman here in the studios wkcr with william hooker for uh, deep focus on the music of sonny murray and that's a live recording from studio rivby in 1975 and william you, uh, I, I feel, I feel bad pulling you out of the flow because you what? The look on your face, man. You were, you were right there with them. Yes, I love this. I'm so happy. I'm so yeah. happy. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm just I, yeah. okay. I'm. I can go home now. I'm good. Uh, what are you? What do you share with us? What are you hearing? Well, first of all, um, I'm hearing, I'm hearing uh, the drums uh, being played. In, a, in Sonny Murray's own style. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, you listen as a drummer to a lot of different drummers, and uh, you try to distinguish whose sound is, is whose. And um, I, just, I just felt, I've always felt as if his, his movement in terms of his going through the music and going through time, it is um, it's rhythmic, and yet and still it's it's coloristic, mm. um, and I mean coloristic in the sense of um, not just just symbols totally, or not just um, whatever the the makeup of the drum set is, because I don't hear that much floor tom in there. Um, I am hearing. I am hearing, especially when he was soloing. I mean, I could I could hear it more clearly, uh, and then when he would interject the bass drum, I could see, I could see how he was uh, putting his statement together in terms of um, just the solo portion of it. Uh, and then when when the other individuals came in, I could I could really hear him trying to lift them up and try to take the entire music much higher. Um, and, and I think that that's a, that's a sign of a, of, of a great leader, um, to bring someone into your own, into your own space and then to, to, um, take them with you through how you interpret the music to be and how you interpret the drum set to be, as opposed to someone just superimposing their soloistic, uh, and, 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 Oftentimes, their um, 
their mastery of their own instruments on top of uh, the music itself. Um, it creates a sort of um, it creates it creates more a community of musicians for me, um, and that's kind of what I was feeling that he had created there. It could be also the people that he had playing with him, um, you know. But that's a whole other story. I I don't know. I never met Sonny Murray in person. Um, I I never I don't know him as a as a uh, as a personality or as a person, um, I can only say that uh, through listening to the way he plays, um, I can see, I can see, um, I can see a certain amount of myself in him. Hmm. I really can, and and in in this particular one, um, I can hear the drums uh, speaking to me in 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 that in that sense. Uh, I think is the more we listen to it, the more the more I'll be able to tell you about the way I feel about it. Mm. I'm uh, I'm 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 caught up in the music too. Yeah, and um, it's very interesting hearing you talking about it and the idea. I think for I'm just trying to put myself in the uh, ears of the listeners too. I'm imagining there are people who are hearing this the way we are and are pretty astonished that a document like this exists and nobody seems to know about it. It's okay. it's quite a rare treat to hear this band playing a live recording and a, we could quibble about certain things about the mix or whatever, but it's a very credible recording oh, um, with a lot of feel to it. And uh, it's a great band, but there are probably other people who might not be so familiar. I kind of feel like Sonny Murray's name is vaunted among those who know, but there are a lot of people who might not realize how influential he was and how what a creative force he was in generating this sort of language. Because okay. um which, you know, many have created their own style sure. in this sort of genre that I think he really carved out out of out of out of you know, like a sculptor carving it out of uh a wall of granite. Yeah, and probably at a very late, uh, uh, and, and probably, I would think uh, when he got started playing, I don't know when that was, but um, I would think that um, it was probably later compared to a lot of people, compared to myself. You mean later in his life? He was older. Yeah, but, I think yeah. so. I think so. I be, see. That's what I, I'm. I'm really comparing the way he plays, and and his style, and what he's what he what he was trying to do. Uh, based on what I read him say of himself, and and the the recordings that he's done, and who he's had on his recordings playing with him, and how he grew, uh, and and I can see I can see uh, I won't say I won't say there's disregard for um, there's disregard for technique, it's a different technique, it's a different technique, it's a different. It's a different sensibility. It's a different sense of rhythm and time, because once you once you realize that you're 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 beyond time by being inside of time, then you realize that you could that that time is always there, and so you could you could do whatever you feel like doing based on the um, the drum set. 
and you always know that the other people are also always there. That uh, Then, again, I come back to this sense of community here mm. because, obviously, um, these gentlemen were playing in, in Studio Ribby, which was a hot bed of of the of the music and and uh and and they were there to create togetherness yeah they weren't there just to just like you know oh look at me blow and and whatever i that's the way i'm feeling it yeah that's the way yeah, i'm yeah, feeling yeah. it and i'm feeling that as compared to many other 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 records that i've heard uh sunny murray sunny murray's groups uh perform and this is a very, very, uh, this is a very, very um, whole performance, and and I like the way he's, I like the way he approached the the um, the, the 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 creation of the of of the composing of the of the music itself. Yeah, the head has didn't even stick in my mind. What stuck in my mind was the direction that the energy and the flow was going. And, and 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 then when when different people would take when the people that we heard so far took their solos, I could see that I could see that there was just so much. The path was created so that the openness was there already, mm. and, and and it wasn't anybody having to superimpose their own self on top of on top of uh, this group, and, and he just and he and he stuck to he stuck to. The way he plays, which is very interesting. I mean, I I say it's interesting. I know it. I know it to be the truth. He's playing the truth, and and it's and it's really great when you can play the truth and know that that there are people there traveling with you, and your drum set is right there with you too. Um, I can only say, Mitch, that that. Um, this guy had this guy has a this guy has a great influence on me. I, I hear it. I, I really I, I really got to say that. I mean, that's what I got to get down to. I got to get down to that. And it wasn't like you know I would go to him and you know have secret lessons and tell you this and tell you that about the music and tell you this and tell you that about the scene and and all this stuff. I I I learned this through listening to him play. And um. And uh, I don't know, maybe it was just the time, my time was right for me to hear him. And uh, and and uh, as well as others. But um, it, it freed me, it freed me, and it made me actually realize that my drum set is an organism. It really is, it's an organism. It's not just an, it's not just an instrument. And that in that in that organism that is or that organism is like a living breathing uh the inside of yourself if you will all those various organs going and working together and and creating what that's about and that's the way I interpret the music and I don't know how he was interpreting it I don't know what he was thinking about but that's what I got from it and 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 that's what I put into the music that I do, or uh, yeah, that's. I mean, I can't explain it any other way. It's it's a profound way of looking at music and sound. It's a very profound way of looking at it. You know, um, it's transcendent. It really is. It's transcendent. 
you know, especially when you think about when you think about if you have a if you have a if you have a, a, a snare drum in front of you, and most people that's their first most drummers that's their first instrument. You have a snare drum, and you have a a, a stand, and then to keep it down you have a drum you have a pad. But what happens with that with that snare drum is that you learn the rudiments, and 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 the rudiments actually get you to play a certain way. Which, in many terms, is like almost like militaristic, because the rudiments are based on, they're, they're really based on a certain timekeeping, timekeeping like that. But then when you break with that, um, it's almost as if the 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 uh, snare drum. The snare drum becomes a focus of one that is getting ready to dive into a pool and you play the snare drum and you jump off of the you jump off and you get ready to take the deep dive into it and when you dive in and you hit that water then all of a sudden we're talking the we're talking the toms mm. and then as you even come up we're talking the cymbals but at the bottom of that of the bottom of all that, the way I see it, you have at the bottom of any pool, there's always a floor, and that floor is the bass drum. But it's no longer militaristically thought of. It's no longer thought of in terms of like um, a beat. Mm -hmm. It's thought of in terms of... Um, an accentual an accentual way of functioning getting you prepared to make the plunge into the depth where the other the other parts of the drum can actually create and actually help the soloists that are playing to dig deeper into their own instrument that's the way i that's the way i play and that's what i got from that's what I got from his playing. That's what I got from his playing because I, I've all most drummers come at it like that, with the with the rudiments and the, and the one drum and the, and, the, and the drum pad and and all these kinds of things. And and it's kind of it's hard kind of hard to get away from it. It's almost like learning a scale. But um, at a certain point, at a certain point, you just completely you completely readapt your thinking. And it could be your relationship with the other other people in the group and their sound as well. That could be what does it, um, especially if it's a collective communal sound. Then you really feel a certain urgency, and you also feel a sense of profound freedom, a profound freedom that that uh, that takes the music into another into another space. And, and and it's interesting because it's interesting too because I remember looking at this trailer of this movie um Sunny's Time Now and he was saying he was saying which I know to be true um about the ability to swing. See different people think of swing as is is I don't know. Some some people think of of swing if you say that word it's almost archaic. It's almost um, it, it, it's almost the language of of the mainstream swing. But 
Dave, but when you really when you really feel swing and you feel like the way your way your body moves as you're listening to this music and all these different instruments are coming together, weaving inside of each other, each individual voice talking to you, and you're trying to bring that music up, bring that music up, bring that music up. And then and, and that's the swing. That's the swing. The swing is that the swing is that impetus toward unity. That's what it is. It's not this, it's not this, it's not this. Like the hi-hat doing its thing. It could be interpreted as that. But once you get on this level with this kind of music, then you're really thinking of a different conception of quote-unquote swing. You're, you're, you're really flowing with, you're really flowing with the vibe of blackness. And it's, and it's, it's rough. That's rough, man. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, oh, you feel it. I mean, it's like that. It's like that. And, 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 and everybody has their swing. Everybody got their swing. You know, even, you know, so, so that's the way I interpret it. That's the way I see it. That's why this, this particular, uh, document is so beautiful for me because um, I, 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 I have come out of it. I have come out of it into this. You, you remind me of something, actually, from, from a long time ago. What's that? Uh, in case, if you're just joining us, you are hearing the insights of William Hooker, drummer William Hooker, and we are putting a deep focus on Sonny Murray. We've got a fantastic live recording we're going to go back to in a bit. Uh, William, by the way, we got to talk about this a little bit more in the show, but uh, you've got a really fascinating performance coming up Thursday, April 5th. At Roulette, I want to ask you about that. Yes. Um, yes. But in uh, what you were just saying, you reminded me, I, I spent a little time with Sonny Murray a long time ago. Okay. And we were driving. More time than me. Go on. <laughs> Go on. We are driving, um, and up on the second floor in this town where we were, there was, I didn't even notice, he saw... A dance studio, okay. a dance instruction studio. Can you guess a very common brand name of dance studio at that time? Fred Astaire. Arthur Murray Dance Arthur Studio. Murray. Okay. okay. Arthur Murray, okay. Sonny Murray, sitting next to me, he goes, that's the Arthur Murray Dance Studio. He goes, you know, my given name is Arthur Murray. He goes, but I didn't spell it A-R-T-H-U-R. I, they spelled it A-T-H-U-R, Arthur. Arthur, but he said Arthur, and uh, he said, I think he said that he was a dancer before he became a drummer. Does that fit with your conception, what you're talking about? Of who, him or me? Of him, of him, that of, his, of that idea of swing and everything. Is that idea of movement and him as a dancer kind of fit with that or not at all? Well, you know, it's interesting because you know, it's interesting because I think that a lot of us are dancers. Um I don't I I I can't really totally relate to that particular one because I mean I was an award-winning dancer. Really? Yes. See the things that I find out. Yeah, in my house, in my house we have we have in my house we have um we have um we we had all these uh 
awards that I got from dancing, um, you know, and yeah, I, yeah, I did that. I did that. Mm. I did that very. I you know, I did that really, really well. Does that relate to your drumming? At this point, no. At this point, no, it doesn't. Um, because it was it was it was dance that came out of. I mean, everybody kind of knew how to dance, in a way. If you were if you if you went to parties and stuff, I mean, or or, or there was all dance. I mean, most of the music that I learned in the very beginning, it was it was really dance music. But it wasn't dance music like 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 Duke Ellington. Mm. It was dance music like like um, shout. Mm-hmm. The Isley Brothers, or um, you know, uh, uh, what the Vibrations, or you know, that kind of thing. Or, or I won't even go into James Brown. That's a whole other story. He 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 didn't really dance. I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, to me. Uh-oh. I mean, you know, I'm talking about people. Them's that, fighting words. No, no. I mean, <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. I know. What you're I'm saying. saying to me. No, I I get it. But you know, I mean, I had a girl I was dancing with. I mean, you know, just because. I mean, you know, she was there. It wasn't me just doing steps. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know. I mean, I, I acknowledge the fact that that this that this young lady was there with me, and we would win together. Well, isn't that the same kind of thing in a way? I mean, what this band is so? moving together, and in a way. The but way then, you, but then, when all of a sudden you bust out and you do the split. <laughs> you know, or you know, you know, and people looking at you. It, well, it's the same thing. You don't start just dropping bombs on the drums if you're, you know, you drive in the band. I can, I can definitely right? see. No, it. I, I don't can know. definitely see. It. I can definitely see it. I can definitely see it. But the way I approached it was a little bit different okay. than the way okay. many people. But I, I, I don't know about Sonny Sonny Murray's um, way of looking at dance or anything because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. I, I mean, I don't, he, he didn't talk about it. In terms of music, he was just kind of the name. he was just reminiscing. Yeah, he saw this thing and he just, you know, he kind of flowed. Like yeah, that. no, I do, I do understand it. I do understand it because, you know, yeah, because I mean, hey, you know, I had certain idols that I that I while I was learning how to play, I had certain idols that knew how to dance, like a Jackie Wilson. He knew how to dance. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what he did. I mean, you know, and 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 there are a lot of other people. I mean, I can't I can't go into all of them. But um, it was never really contemporary dance, like, you know, dance, dance, like Albert Ailey kind of stuff. But um, there was a rhythm to it, and there was a lot of things going on. The larger dudes, and I assumed that Sonny Murray was a larger person. He's a big guy, yeah. You know, um, I mean, you know, uh, I don't know how he was dancing. Cause yeah, I, mean, I, I was, think he because I was thin, so I was dancing. I was doing the prayer. I was doing the split. I was doing all kind of stuff. Well, all right, <laughs> that's how you get awards, man. That's how you get awards. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you know, you don't just like plop it around. You gotta like slide. But but <laughs> anyway. Okay. Okay. All right. Got where, you. Where, where I got is this you. conversation going? I, I I'm uh, <laughs> see. It's it's like the music. You know, we gotta. Collective effort, and uh, William Hooker, the Great Migration. I'm not. We're not going into it right now. I'm, but I'm gonna. I want to hear all about this. I'm very interested. Uh, April fifth at Roulette, Roulette in Brooklyn on Atlantic Avenue. Very uh, good venue, I think, for what you're doing. I think it's perfect. Yeah, um, but we are listening to and responding to uh, this recording that we have. This is a gem, man. 
This is a gem from the WKCR archives. Sonny Murray's Untouchable Factor recorded at Studio Rivby here in New York City, one of the groundbreaking uh, lofts from uh, downtown on uh, on uh, Bond Street. Right. June 29th, 1975. And um, another thing we could talk about a little bit um, down the road here. This is it's a really interesting ensemble that he's got. And these are largely people that he worked with over periods of many years. Uh, Byard Lancaster on bass clarinet. Stop, stop. Say, yeah, stop. How, how do you know? How do you know Byard Lancaster? Well, um, Byard Lancaster, a great multi-read player from Philadelphia. Sonny Murray was from Philadelphia. They both grew up together? I don't know if they grew up together, but they had a very long association. And uh, in fact, that time I was working with him, like I said, a yeah. long time ago, wow. Byard Lancaster was part of that okay. ensemble as well. I just wanted to just clarify that. Um, but they, they uh, okay. yeah, I mean, lots of years together for sure. David Murray also. David Murray um, was, we were talking, uh, Ross Moshe here in the studio. Such a pleasure having you along for the ride. And uh, we were talking about David Murray, I don't think any more than 20 years old at the time this recording was made. But he did performances with Sonny Murray as a sideman, as a drummer in his group for decades following this time. Okay, okay. Um, Kazutoki Umezu, uh, Japanese improviser, he was a stalwart in the knitting factory scene when you were what down on Houston Street. He was, uh, really? yeah, he was, would do stuff, uh, Tom Cora, third person, Dr. Umezu, he was, uh, I think, I think he's gone back to Japan. Okay. Um, but he was, I, and I imagine... He might have been at Studio Rivby every night, for all I know. Okay. Um, I imagine, you know, these guys all performed in one another's groups, and there's that kind of sure, flow going on. Sure, sure. Um, Juma Sultan on uh, the electric bass, and uh, I just didn't say uh, Kazutoki Umezu playing alto saxophone here. Juma Sultan on electric bass, for many of us, an immediate association with Jimi Hendrix. And um, uh, on... Uh, Kungas, hand drums, but um, also bassist. And Ross, you know him as an upright bassist. Yes, yeah, upright bass. Um, Manette Sudler, no, possibly. But wait a minute, wait yeah. a minute. Juma, Juma, I remember him from Studio Wee. There you he go. He used to hang around with, um, he, he'd not only hang around, he used to yeah. run, help run the place with, with this, uh, uh, this gentleman by the name of uh, Du Bois. Hmm. And every time I used to go there, that was on Eldridge Street. And I would go there, and it would always be Juma there, and it would always be Du Bois there, and um, and 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 he was he was very important in terms of um, in terms of actually having a physical place where people could study and play this music mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, he's been uh, you know, an organizer been, for that kind of thing for many years, and still he had a place uh, actually. And Hell's Kitchen, I think, for a long time. I don't know if he's still around. I, do we know? Juma Sultan? Yeah. Yeah, he is still around further north. Okay. Uh, What's in that? upstate New York, yes. Still oh, okay. playing a lot of music. Great. Yeah, de- That's definitely. Right. Okay. Um, Monette Sudler, uh, another Philadelphia person on electric guitar, I don't know too much about her, but she's still. Let's at stop. It. Let's stop. Let's let's ask that question because 
Let's ask that question because that's one thing that hit me about this particular group. It's a diverse group. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, You voices. got a female playing a guitar the way she's playing the guitar. I don't know that much about her. You know yeah. about her? Uh, she's from Philadelphia, I think. Uh, she did a lot of playing with, with Sonny and a couple of recordings on her own. Really? In the late 70s uh, and early 80s. I think she does a lot of teaching in Philadelphia. But I'm sure you guys know that already. But, you know, she's still playing. So, All right, then. Know. Yeah. You see, because I wanted to throw that in there because this is very important in terms of what, what I think the scene was about. Um, there weren't that many females on this scene at the time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 75. I just threw that in there, and guitarists especially. Yeah. Yeah, I think he, you know, um, you know, that that Philly thing, you know, okay, okay. (laughs) there's a kind of, uh, it's another, another uh, current in the, another stream and feeding the river, right? I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, for a long time. Right. Um, And those guys, definitely part of that. Bard Lancaster, I don't, well, uh, Sonny Murray was living in New York at this time, I believe. Um, And now, you know, something we haven't talked about. Um, part of what inspired this program is the fact that he passed away in December at age 81. Okay. Sonny Murray had been living in Paris for quite a number of years. And um, so that, I think, uh, brought him to mind. And um, For me? Yeah, right? Inspired. No. No, I'm... I'm, I'm <laughs> well, <laughs> for me... <laughs> That's how it brought him to mind for oh, me. Okay. Tell me, what brought him to mind? Okay. What brought him to mind for me was the fact that, and Ross has heard this story, and I say it a number of times, I was a young guy, still dancing, and I was really making a transition from, let's say, straight-ahead music, about 15, 16 or so, 16, 17, into just investigating other ways of playing and other people who were playing. So after you hear a person like a Tony Williams play, you ask yourself, should I be doing this? (laughs) You say that from the point of view of like, oh my God. Mount Everest. Should, should I be doing? Should this? I do I dare even? Should I be doing this? Where 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 do I fit in this situation? You know, if if if, if we've got people that are like sixteen and they're playing like this, I mean, is there any other and, option? And you told me that story about you and Donna going seeing him. Oh yeah. Angaros? Oh, oh, yeah, someplace on <laughs> 71st Street or something. That was just the craziest thing. And um, but at, but the, you you question you question like you know your expertise. You question your chops. You question can what can you do other than like because everybody at the time was just trying to steal his licks. Yeah. And you know no matter what you were playing, you could be playing. Uh, um, Melancholy baby. Jacob, no, 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 not that bad. Um, you could be playing. Um, uh, um, I'll shut up now. Go Moonlight ahead. in Vermont. Okay. Moonlight in Vermont. Okay. So instead of like playing with a brush, all of a sudden you try to do the rhythm of uh, 
Freedom Jazz Dance in the middle of Moonlight in Vermont. <laughs> you can't do that. It, it gets ridiculous after a while because you're just trying to figure out how to be able to use this in, in very inept ways. These are my friends. <laughs> and I'm saying to my friends, you know something? Stop, stop. So I go there, and, I, and, and just like I'm looking at you, I see this record. That I, photo, man, that I, photo strikes people in a very, very deep way. I Go picked ahead. this record up, and I looked at it, and I said, what is this? I'm gonna, I'm, for the radio listeners, please. what are you holding in your hand, and what is that image? I'm holding the record called Sonny Murray, and it is ESP 1032-2. It's on uh, ESP disc, and it's Sonny Murray's recording. And I'm looking... I'm looking at this record at the time, and I'm I'm taking you back to this. It's on Eighth Street, and there, and 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 uh, I'm looking at this record, and I'm seeing on the back it's different kind of language, Esperanto, whatever the heck that is. I'm saying, what is that? And then I'm looking at these people, and I'm seeing Jacques Courcil, Jack Graham, Bayard Lancaster, Sonny Murray. Alan Silva, and I'm seeing the records, and I'm seeing, I'm seeing these records. I'm saying, what kind of records are these? What kind of tunes are these? This isn't, this isn't like Freedom Jazz Dance or, or Nefertiti or something. Hilariously, what kind of a record is this? Giblet. I'm thinking of like you know, like when you open up a chicken giblets and stuff. I'm thinking, who would make a who would make a tune called Giblet? That's just a crazy tune. I said, what kind of tune is this? And then I look at this guy and I said, wow. And then all of a sudden, just like you're standing there, Mitch, all of a sudden I hear your voice say, you should buy that record. Who was that? Oh, wait. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? I should buy this record with this guy in the front with these, with these round shades? I should be buying this record? And he says, yeah, you should buy this record. I said, huh. He says, I'm on it. Huh. It was Bayard Lancaster. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. And Bayard Lancaster said to me, I'm on that record. This is, you should buy this record. And I bought this record, and I took this record home, and I, I absorbed this record. This record became like an appendage at that point, because at that point, I didn't have to, I didn't have to follow anymore, um, the things that were coming out of Boston with, um, you know, um, uh, Jackie McLean mm -hmm. and, and, and Sam Rivers and, and and Tony Williams. I didn't have to. I didn't have to follow the whole Alan Dawson school of playing drums. Mm -hmm. I put this thing on and I said, "What kind of playing is this?" I said, now, "This is kind of like this is kind of like the way I want to play in a way." I says, "He's not. He's not like everything is just so precise and everything is just so fast and precise." I said because I mean at, at a certain point if at a certain point if you can't play Cherokee like like that you want to quit. I said no, I want to play music. I don't want to quit. So, but he was playing things differently. He was playing things differently and that opened up a whole different vista for me. And that's how I came across this record and that's what changed a part of my playing. I got to say, I was freed. I was freed. And we're going to have to play this record cuz this is the record where I heard the drum set. The drum set. 
that Thank image you, Bayer too. Lancaster. Huh? I got to say that that I remember the first time that I saw that image, and it's very simple in a sense. It's a black and white photo fills the whole front of uh, LP cover, and uh, Sonny Murray's wearing these exactly as you described, round sunglasses. They're black as far as you could tell in this image, and he's obviously playing, and he's deep in it and there's just uh you can almost hear the music looking at that photo and there's something he's it's a drummer it's a drummer in the moment of playing i mean it's not there's no mistake that's not a piano player playing that's not a that's a and uh i don't know you could feel the swell of the music in that it's a very powerful photo and it's just a close-up of his head but uh and it's not even it's a little blurry it's a little but it's it's very, very dynamic. That's right. Yeah. When you have somebody like Brian Lancaster telling you, <laughs> yeah. you should buy this record, I'm looking at this dude, yeah, I should buy this record. What, what should I buy? Because I'm on it. I go, oh, snap. <laughs> You're on it. Oh, snap. Who are you? I'm looking. Who are you? He said, I'm Brian Lancaster. Oh, I said, oh, okay. Excuse me. Great musician. Then I'd probably be asking something stupid like, what does this mean? <laughs> Esperanto. <laughs> something stupid. But anyway. Well, and also, so that's on the it's on the ESP label. Yeah. And uh, that's also the label, another thing we haven't happened to mention, that uh, Sonny Murray did some astonishing, groundbreaking work with Albert Eiler, establishing the style, having also been in uh, Cecil Taylor's band. And those are two of the giants of... Uh, exploding the uh modern music yeah and four on the floor drumming and yeah. he was the architect of rhythm for those giants so you want to go back to the tape where yes after we're gonna, we'll hit this later sure okay great. okay all right hey uh let me catch you up uh the show's called deep focus i'm mitch goldman and it's wkcr fm new york wkcr hd1 wkcr.org i have the great pleasure of having William Hooker here in the studio, and we are zeroing in on Sonny Murray, Sonny Murray's untouchable factor. Uh, I looked up something. Yes, sir. And it says in here, Sonny Murray says, I'd gotten to the point where as my music changed, I didn't want to play a lot of beats. I wanted to get more from the beat than just the beat. I consider what I play to be the traditional avant-garde, the roots, and I think nobody understands the difference. The generation gap in the avant-garde. Traditional avant-garde has a kind of swing. We should call it free bop. And I used to, I used to, I used to read a lot of. Anytime I saw, anytime I saw a Sonny Murray interview, I would read it. And I remember he had one interview. I don't know if you guys ever saw this interview. It was called Spontaneous Control Freedom. I think it was called. It was called Control Freedom. That also had a had a deep effect on me because I was he was talking about he was talking really philosophy and metaphysics. He wasn't just talking about music, mm-hmm. and I thought that that was very very interesting because everybody else did they're, they're talking about beats and and all this and, and I don't know maybe I just was maybe I I don't know I was just drawn to it I was yeah. just drawn to it I'm not even going to answer why or whatever. I was just drawn to it, that particular way of looking at it. Yeah, no, he, yeah. I, I, I got it. Okay, I got it. Good, All right. Good. Uh, back to Studio Rivby. Yeah, let's go. Oh, we got, oh, this is so great. Let's go. So much great stuff to talk about and so much fantastic music. 
And uh, when we come back, I mean, uh, two things. I want to talk. Uh, I, w- I want you to tell me about the Great Migration, your program that's coming up at Roulette on April 5th, Thursday, April 5th. Um, and also I'm going to ask you about the language of drums that he's using. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. I have to think about that one. Yeah. All right. Good. All, all right. right. So back to Studio Rivby. This is it's just this is just all smash hits tonight.
That is the sound of Sonny Murray on the drums. There's nothing like it. There never will be again. And what a joy it is to have William Hooker sharing his thoughts and feelings about this. So insightful and deeply felt, thoughtful man. This was recorded March 19th, Monday, March 19th, 2018. Just a few months after the passing of Sonny Murray, you just listened to part one of three parts. So there's two more parts waiting for you. And you don't want to miss a minute of deep focus. You need to subscribe. You can find us on your favorite podcasting app. Just search on Deep Focus from Small Media Large. And you can always find us if nothing else works. The hosting site is mitchgoldman.podbean.com. We're always there. Hundreds of hours of deep focus await you. If you want to search for a specific episode, you're saying, did Mitch ever have Billy Cobham on the show? Yeah. You can find that by going to mitchgoldman.com and pulling down the About Deep Focus tab and put in Billy or Cobham. Or Tony Williams, which is who Billy Cobham chose as his topic. And it'll come up, and you can find it. It's been posted. That was a terrific show. They're like my children. I love them all. You can also get in touch with me. You can email me at deepfocusnow at gmail.com. 
gmail.com, deepfocusnow at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, which is Deep Focus Podcast on Instagram. All right. Too much information. So glad you're digging the show. And uh, see you on part two, yeah?